When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcast but also as well game source inside sports fantasy football of course everybody out there knows fantasy football is around the corner so for your best tips we're going to be presenting you with some great episodes upcoming at inside sports fantasy football so I will let you know when they appear in your podcast feed. But also as well, Ox1947, you can go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com. Hopefully he is not like the umpteen thousand people still trying to go ahead and say there's rumors abound because there's always rumors and even more rumors today on Christian Wood. So you can go ahead and t- see if Christian Wood is still a hot commodity at LakersBall.com. Plus he owns a company that he was working hard at today. It is, of course, Symblades. Symblades with a Y.com. Symblades says, are you jacking me, Search? No, don't jack him. That's indeed. But go ahead. You can help him out today if you're in Southern California and need a new lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today. Go to Symblades. Symblades with a Y.com. Plus also as well, our good friends, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom, who were about an hour's worth of talking over each other if you got a chance to check out the most recent Lakerholics episode. I was just, like I said, I wasn't even planning on being in that episode, but Jamie was having some problems, so I, I kind of hosted it. Kind of is the key word. If you don't want to understand what I mean, go ahead and check out their episode from this past weekend right there, Lakerholics right there. The episode right down below, you can go ahead and check it out. But also as well, Lakerholics.com. You know Laker Tom is the number one Lakers blogger. He's doing a lot to go ahead and get you prepared for the upcoming season. So go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.com. Plus, Jamie Sweet always chimes in with his five things as well. Our good friend John McCallion, want to go ahead and give him a shout out. Go ahead and check out his live streams on his channel, the John McCallion channel. I do want to mention Stone Hansen, our good friend, who is uh, taking a sabbatical. But before he did, he had one final appearance on the Upside Swings podcast. So I want to give them a shout out. Go to UpsideSwings.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's 
the final time you're going to hear Stone Hansen for a little while. So go ahead and check him out today on the Upside Swings. Just truly appreciate everybody checking out what we're doing, including the Magic Man this past weekend, honoring Pau Gasol, who will be enshrined later this week into the Hall of Fame. He wanted to make sure he took some time out of his day, out of his week, out of his, you know, just basically everything that he does to go ahead and honor Pau Gasol. So go ahead and check that out on the Lakers Fast Break feed. And speaking of the Lakers Fast Break feed, go ahead and click the Little Joe today with the BDIs. So you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And if you do, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the men's team for Team USA, they got into the swing of things at the T-Mobile Center here in Las Vegas. I could have gone. Tickets were half off if you knew the code, which they plastered around the city on billboards everywhere. But you know what? I thought it was going to be a route. And for a little while, it was actually quite competitive. And actually get me kind of uh, really kind of nervous about where Team USA stands, even though, as Joe says, this is not the Team USA team that will represent us next year in the Olympics, but is a team that is going to represent us in the FIBA World Cup. And so we kind of got a little bit nervous there. But you know what? When all is said and done, a breakout in the third quarter, just a reliance on defense to start the transition, get some easy points, plus also as well some better execution in the half court. And also as well, Austin Reeves coming to play today. Austin Reeves chipping in with a hearty nine points, four of nine shooting, one from four behind the arc. Not too bad. He also played some uh, pretty good defense for the most part, except for one play where he got toasted by an individual uh, but as far as you know, facing on the ball, so kind of struggle there. But off the ball, the way he fought through screens was very good. He showed a lot of heart there. And overall, nine points for him, four assists, four rebounds, steady work in 19 minutes. And the Team USA pulled away with a 117-74 victory. Here today to talk about that and also Winning Time, Season 2, Episode 1, debuted last night, Sunday night on Max Channel, so go ahead and check it out if you haven't already. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro, and Joe, you saw the domination kind of – actually, it actually resembles a lot of Team USA's win. They kind of play close to the vest. They, they just try to feel out these teams in the first half. Then they finally, once they start playing defense and start, you know, just really, you know, getting in their face, dogging, really – playing some hard defense, getting the turnover started. That's when you see the snowball road roll down from there. Yeah, it started out co- somewhat competitive. It was, what, 50 to 43 at the half? Yeah. And then the ever-predictable Puerto Rican offense of just shoot threes all freaking night started really taking effect in the second half, and I started falling asleep. And then that's when the USA team started separating themselves, but it's Puerto Rico. I mean, I know it's still somewhat, but you know, it's weird. Is not Puerto Rico like the 51st state? Why is Theory, it for yeah. country? It's supposed to be, yeah, right now. It, is this we, so that everyone can have a chance? Yes. <laughs> yes. Is this so everyone can participate? And feel- They're not officially the 51st state, yes, yet, so. They are their own entity as of now, but, you know, they've asked 
and maybe someday they'll be granted 51st status in our in our United States. But right now, they're so the the YMCA 24-hour fitness basketball games have seeped into not only the NBA but also into international basketball. Uh, it was it was a kind of game that usually you would say you know it's going to be a blowout, but at least let's see some highlight reels. It was as exciting as women's World Cup soccer the last week. Uh, it was just abysmal, but we won. So as long as we win, you can get by on the boring. And that's where I am with that. <laughs> well, there you go. But once again, the, the Team USA did win 117 to 74. WC says, who stood out to you in this game? That's a great question because it seemed like with a lot of the guys, it took them a little while to get going. I'd probably say if anybody did, and here today to go ahead and talk about that, good man indeed. He's the madman of Toronto. He is the guy who just did get out of Toronto traffic to watch Team USA win on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. The magic man before Team Canada plays, which has a lot of NBA stars on their own. I'd probably say the guy who stood out as far as the great question that was there would probably be, I'd say, I don't know. Just It's kind of tough to say. That it's kind of like an even mix there. I'd, maybe Mikhail Bridges, maybe Anthony Edwards, maybe J, Triple J. It's tough to say because they, it was just an even flow of distribution of offense for the guys. And like I said, once they kicked it in the gear, Magic Man, third quarter, the defense kicked in, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Um, that perimeter defense they've got is going to be really, really tough. Um, so Mikhail Bridges with uh, Anthony Edwards is going to be a nightmare, especially in transition. Um, so I think, especially if you could carry the ball like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it carries the ball twice in transition, and then he gets bumped. And it's complaining to the ref after he makes the bucket. Only yes. in, only in FIBA basketball. By the way, Ant, uh, Anthony, uh, if you're going to complain about that, good luck. Because Luka Doncic complains after every call foul in the NBA and FIBA combined. And still, do, it still doesn't get to the line as much. When as he's palming he the ball, though, <laughs> and he's actually turning around looking at it like this. That was That's hilarious. That and then he hilarious. decides to go and turn it back around and keep on dribbling right after. That's slightly palming, my friend. But okay. Yes, yes it is. Unfortunately, they don't call could... it. They don't call it. Go USA, go. I, I couldn't see his face, but I could almost see Gerald saying, yeah, and here comes the complaint about the bump. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, 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 he carried it twice in the same possession, took the ball to the basket, got bumped, Still made the basket, but wanted the and one, and he was complaining about that. So there you go, uh, Gerald. I I also think uh, a key for Team USA, uh, at least when they get deeper in the tournament, is if they can get uh, contributions from Cam Johnson, kind of playing the same role similarly to Triple J. Uh, you know that that'll do that'll go a long way because I I do realize that. Um, they're trying to feature Paolo Bancaro, but, um, you know, Bancaro just doesn't have the same kind of, um, I just say, 
just just that vet experience and understanding their role. I mean, it just seems that Cam Johnson and Triple J are just in a better position, even though Bank seven Carroll, to ten for Cam Johnson today. So yeah, yeah. So I I think they're the USA is definitely going to be relying on Austin Reeves and and Halliburton off the bench to try and help create for uh, Cam Johnson, Josh Hart, and um, the rest of those guys because they don't really have a true playmaker off the bench, Gerald. Uh, so they're going to have have to be – well, I mean, Halliburton, yes. But uh, as far as FIBA goes, you're going to need at least two on the floor at all times. And, you know, at, at least with Austin Reeves with them um, – you know, it gives them a little bit more mustard. One thing that we talked about, though, with Team USA, Joe, is the guard play. And absolutely what, what Sean had said about the backcourt, about, the you know, the, the fact that from one, two, and three, they really are stacked as far as the number of players they can throw at you, whether it's Austin Reeds, whether it's Jalen Brunson, whether it's Tyrese Halliburton whether it's Anthony Edwards, whether it's even Mikhail Bridges and Brandon Ingram, if you want to go that route, that's a lot of versatility for you as far as what, you, what you're looking at. I mean, we didn't even get to Josh Hart, who was sitting at the end of the bench on this one. But my friend, when it comes down to it, I really like the point guards. The point guards are really looking good as far as that's concerned. Jalen Brunson with 11 points and 12 rebounds. Tyrese Halliburton with 7 points and 12 assists. That, to me, I think is really could be a strong suit for the team going forward. Yeah, I see that Halliburton would be the one, and then Brunson would play the two. I think you're going to see that lineup dominate uh, as the competition gets stronger. Mm-hmm. And fitting Austin in there as a ball handling kind of creator, that'll that'll definitely take place, just kind of similar to the kind of Lakers kind of run it. And then all the all the – the other guys need to do is just make shots. So if you're looking at Mikhail Bridges, you're looking at Anthony Edwards and Bobby Portis and uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, hit your shots, play consistent, have a have good chemistry. And then guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., do what you did in the NBA this last year, play good defense. And if Cam Johnson can be your kind of filler every now and then here and there, you got a, you got a good enough team that's going to have a chance at winning it all. One thing that wasn't impressive, though, guys, was the three-point shooting. Six of 27, Magic Man, that's obviously something that has to be rectified when FIBA, FIBA is slightly closer. Is that not correct to, than an NBA, if I'm yes. not mistaken? Yeah. So it's, it's it should be, in theory, in theory, it should be a little easier for these guys to hit threes. Yes, in theory, in theory. Um, I, I think they're also getting used to the fact that the, the the dimensions of the court are a little smaller as well, Gerald, especially when you got that really weird, like, mm-hmm. hectagonal yeah. painted area. So I always strange. wanted to know what happened. Who started yeah. that out? Was it someone like, okay, when they originally were designing that, were they like, they, they stopped, maybe went for lunch, and then they rethought about their life, and then say, you know what, I want to go ahead and reposition this, and just said, well, I don't want to go back and start over. I'll just start from here and then go on. That just that's so know. strange. It's it. like I'm well, looking at a he- hexagon. I'm like completely like distracted by it. yeah. So I'm sure that's a little bit of adjustment as well. But yeah, they really need to work on 
work on it because it was just all, I think but between the two of them I, I think they they were like 24% from beyond the arc yeah because that's, that's bad Puerto Rico couldn't couldn't hit a pee in the ocean uh, yeah. all game I, either they they had to live at the free throw line pretty much for the first half just to kind of as Gerald was was saying hanging around but yeah the sh- the outside shooting needs to be a lot better Gerald because you know you're um up against teams such as you know the Australia and France and um, Lithuania, Greece. These teams, you know, they can really shoot the ball. They they they've been playing for a really long time uh, under those those rules. So it, it's up. It's incumbent upon Team USA to really improve from the outside. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Team USA did win 117-74 to over Puerto Rico in a tune-up match here in Las Vegas before they go and head on out to Spain for some games upcoming this weekend, which we'll go ahead and make sure you get the lowdown on what's going on there as they take place. So we'll give you a heads up on that. Joe, the one thing, though, I will say when you're scoring 117 in four quarters, which are not a full, it's not a full 48. It's like 40. Is it 40? It's 40, right? 40. Yeah. 10 minutes a quarter drilled. Yeah. Yeah, So that's pretty good. So where they were shooting pretty badly on the outside, Joe, their mid range and their transition really got them into the swing of things. And especially in that third quarter, that I think was the key to blowing out this game so easily. Yeah, Puerto Rico had no defense for anything towards the basket or any mid-range game. Uh, they shot 23% from three, and they still scored 170 points in a game that, what is it? 40? And only 24, and only 15 made free throws. Yeah, it, it was, it just wasn't, it looked like a a, a good college team playing as a high school team, really. It's yeah. kind of what it looked like. But this wasn't anything we didn't expect. So we just wanted to kind of look at the game and see, at least for us, see how Austin would play. And we're obviously going to cheer on the United States to win it all because that's what we do. But I'm looking I'm looking ahead of and seeing the real competition like Lithuania and Slovenia and Spain and those teams and seeing what, what they can do so that we can get a good barometer on what, the, what our fourth-tier players can do. That's really what these guys are. You can say some of them might be a three, but you're looking at three and four guys uh, that are probably going to win a, 
a championship here, which is not bad. <laughs> so who do you think poses the biggest challenge right now? Because you said this is not obviously, and obviously this is not Team USA's uh, number one team. The, a lot of these players will not see the floor in an Olympic fashion next next year. Who do you think is the team that actually you know stands out right now that can give the USA the biggest challenge? I don't know yet. I seriously do not know yet. Um, Spain has always been the first name, but that was always with when the saw guys were there. Mm. But I'll stick with it because they have a pedigree. So if, if, if I have to pick someone right now, it could be it could be Spain. Could be Spain. There you go. Um, I'd say Slovenia obviously is a like you mentioned earlier. Uh, even Canada, France. I don't think France yet because France I don't think is bringing everybody that that should be on that team like like USA will mm-hmm. be there. But Canada, my friend from Canada, is a team to watch out for because I don't hear of anybody that's skipping Canada right now i think everybody is no. playing including shea gilgis alexander so tell me your thoughts on team canada are they ready to go ahead and really make a mark for themselves in this world cup they're gonna yeah gerald the, there's a, never been a better time the the spotlight will be will be on them I, I i think outside of the united states they have the best roster um i also think that uh this is put up or shut up time for the uh, for the uh, the squad as well. Um, you know, internationally they they've been darlings before. They won a gold cup about twenty years ago from uh, as a soccer team. Uh, the women just recently won the uh, the Olympic gold. So th- there's there's some pressure that uh, Canada sports wants to see the the men go pretty far in the tournament. Uh, I don't, I'm, I don't think they have the expectation of, you know, a gold or bust drill, but you're right that there's, there's never been a clear opportunity for them. Um, especially with everybody on board this time. I mean, there, there's nobody skipping out here. So uh, I, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's, a well-earned opportunity, and if they did make uh, the final, they would probably likely be facing the United States because uh, both Canada and the USA are on opposite sides of the bracket. So, if they were the last two teams left, they would be on each bracket. That would be the final game. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Team USA did win in a tune-up match here in Las Vegas, 117-74 over Puerto Rico. I think before we go ahead and head on to what we're talking about else here in the world of basketball here at the Lakers fast break, Joe, again, you can't take a whole lot from this game, especially after they turned it on in the second half. These are one of those tune-ups you've seen many times before where they just beat everybody like by 50, 60, 70, 100, whatever. And it isn't really until the big matchups come where you actually see what Team USA is all about. Is there anything that you can gain as far as from what you're seeing today? Or really, do you have to wait and see until they head over to Spain this weekend? Basketball has gotten very dull. It's gotten very redundant in every way. Today was a good example of the fact that you had Puerto Rico who doesn't have enough talent. All they did was shoot threes. And then you had a team like the (laughs) 
that states try to do the same thing, stink at it, and still win by 30 plus. And it's it's not it's not pretty basketball. It's it's just not pretty basketball. And that's one of the things that I think we're losing a little bit of with, with basketball, where we're we're just not we're seeing we're seeing boring basketball. I, I, I seriously just did not enjoy watching the game today. I, I There were times when the dream teams, we knew they were going to blow the team out, but there was some kind of feeling while they were playing, something where you were going to see a no-look pass or a really cool alley-oop and, and, and something like that. But we I, I, you know, we didn't see any of that today, and, and it's not likely we're going to see it during the tournament. So we just have to sit here and just cheer them on to win and, bring home the, 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 the gold, uh, and, and go from there. I, I hate to be somber about it, but it, it's what I watched today. It was just, wasn't exciting. Magic man to close out this part of the conversation on team USA's victory. Uh, of course, LeBron James on Twitter had to go ahead and say something about AR's performance. And, uh, I guess the quote coming from there is what if you get a chance to see it, or if you got a chance to see it was AR, you're so cold. You're you're so cold, man. You're so cold. Just just basically Team USA supporting Team USA. So LeBron James did have. He was noticing. He was watching. Uh, I mean, that's a good sign that he's keeping the interest level high after what happened with his family, what happened to his son. That he's now focusing somewhat on basketball once again. Yes, that's that's wonderful to uh, to see and hear, Gerald. And uh, you know something? He's right. In the first half, Austin Reeves was the best player on the floor, even though he wasn't a starter in this scrimmage. And rightfully so, LeBron's still paying attention. Um, and, and as Gerald said, um, that's that's good for, t- for a couple of reasons. One, it means that um, he's able to focus more of his attention on uh, his peers, his friends, his teammates, because his son has made uh, a fantastic recovery so far. We still wish Bronny well on his road to recovery from, from the traumatic event. But And to uh, that LeBron's still playing attention to Team USA, Gerald. I mean, like, like we said, he's probably not going to be playing in the Olympics next year, but he's watching and paying attention to see if maybe – I know I understand what Joe's saying, but it wouldn't shock me if one or two of these guys have a really uh, good tournament and end up uh, showcasing themselves for an opportunity to be on that Olympic team. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Soro and Magic Man Sean Grice. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. We are just 60 Six zero subscribers away from the big 1,000 that YouTube and Google love so much as far as their channels are concerned. So please help us out today by subscribing so you can get the latest notifications and when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. But one thing that Joe wanted to talk about, and I know that a lot of people got a chance to check it out already, was winning time. It's back on the air with season two after a successful run in season one. Uh, This drama, which takes a lot of elements from real life, dashes in a little bit of Hollywood creativity in there as well. But Joe, I want to go ahead and start off with you, my friend, on it. Your thoughts on the episode. 
again, it's just episode one. I thought it was okay for what it was. It described as far as first, uh, as far as uh, going to 1984, showing you the impending feud and how the heightened awareness of the rivalry between the Celtics and Lakers and shows the Celtic fans rocking the team bus, which actually did happen. And they also go flashback to just after the Lakers won their first title with Magic and the and the success that he was uh, achieving and really going to his, his head and what came out of it. And unfortunately, also his injury as well, along with Paul Westhead, trying to go ahead and shape the offense into his own image. So it was a lot of things that were covered as far as in that first episode, but I liked it for the most part. I thought it was pretty solid. I find it funny you left a lot of stuff out that I kind of knew you'd leave out. Um, yeah, well, but all the uh, a lot the of the sex, domestic stuff. Yeah, 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 the domestic stuff. Cookie, uh, you know, starting to think about Magic Johnson himself. You know, even though she's trying, she's seeing someone else. She she's has a uh, man. I can't stop thinking about the Magic Man. Yeah, you know, that that type of stuff as well. Went on the show. There's a there's a discovery on the show that was apparent even in season one. And when you talk about entertainment, I I, I can't I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying the show. And I enjoyed the, this first episode in season two. It's it's an interesting paradox because I've been a Laker fan my whole life. Even when I wasn't coherent enough to understand what was going on, I was a Laker fan. And the flash, the magic, extracurricular stuff, things that I actually don't necessarily believe in, uh the pizzazz all that i mean i i i like the laker girls i like showtime there there's a lot to admire there but the reality is i think like red auerbach and larry bird mm-hmm. i want to eat i want to tear your heart out and shove it down your throat and i don't i don't care about cheerleaders i don't care about looks i don't care about any of that stuff when it comes to winning. So there's this, this listen, listening to Chicklis do his red hour, amazing red hour back impression, which I know it's embellished. I know it's not probably totally accurate, but there's a lot of truth there. I'm sure. Uh, because I believe that's what red was like. He was an arrogant and he had every right to be arrogant and a guy that did become miserable when he kept winning. And that's, that's something that I think, definitely Laker fans can, can, can relate to because when we were winning championships with Kobe and Shaq, I remember distinctively, especially after the third one, it was apparent that the Lakers were going to win that championship after they beat Sacramento. And all we were talking about at the time was, can we four-peat? We weren't even thinking about the Nets. This is not even before. This is even before game one, not game two or three where – we're up two or three games, and we know for sure. This was before the series even started. So you add the you add the the decision making on Magic's part. Um, you add the fact that they're building something up here. I, it, it was painful watching the beginning of it because they showed what was going to come in '84, and I can't. Everyone knows one play cost us that that title one stupid play that didn't have to happen 
and it would have changed history in so many ways for so many things. Just think about it for a second. Just think about it. Worthy doesn't turn it over to Henderson. He just gets it to a Laker. They run the clock out. They're up 2-0 in the first two games in Boston. Larry Bird, that you don't come back from. Larry Bird never beats Magic in the finals. Magic goes 3-0 against the Lakers. The Lakers, I'm sorry, Magic uh, beats Larry in the Boston all three times in, against Boston. You, you beat Red Auerbeck. You beat Boston. You break the curse. There's nothing. The 80s are six titles. And you, you beat the, the Celtics in, in half of those. You are... By, and then, of course, right now, the Lakers are sitting on 18 while Boston's sitting on 16. There's so many other things, too. There's so many other things. Magic has another finals MVP. Magic has six titles. How does the argument between Michael and Magic change? If Magic is sitting at six with four finals MVPs, and not only that, he won his six t- titles in the most competitive era of basketball ever in any league in any era that one play so when they say one play one inch can change everything james worthy's turnover to henderson changed record books legacies so many things and that's how they started the show and you're already like zoomed into it because i was angry the first 60 seconds of that show I couldn't get that damn pass out of my head. It took a minute to get into the story to get it out of there because I know they're going to get there. And then we're going to have to listen to Red Auerbach tell Jerry Buss, I told you I still own you. I tell you, I told you I still own you. Because at that at that point, the Celtics win in 81. The Lakers come back, win in 82. But then the Lakers get destroyed in 83 because Kareem couldn't play against uh, Moses Malone. Moses Malone had his breakfast, lunch, his brunch, his mid-evening snack, and his dinner, and his late protein shake. And, yeah, losing just sucks. And the show started that process in your head, and it, and it got you into the story really well. I'm really, really, really excited. I'm really, really entertained by the show. There you go. But one of the things, Magic, that was presented in there, outside of, you know, Michael Chiklis, who you said was a great Red, Red Auerbach. You know, many people know him from other roles as well. The Shield, it most comes mm-hmm. to mind as far as his, his starring role there. Uh, him coming up to John C. Riley, who's doing, you know, he is the best part of winning time, in my opinion, as far as his performance has been outstanding. Uh, it's not over the top. It's just how I would picture Dr. Jerry Buss for the most part in many of those situations. But yes, he comes up to him and brags about the the draft day trade that got uh, two Hall of Famers and McHale and Parrish for Joe Barry Carroll, which we talked about on the playback. But that aside, that aside, I want to go ahead and mention. And that that's see, that trade becomes more. That trade is lessened because we're enamored with. The result, right? The result is the Celtics won the championship in 84 because Red Auerbach was an innovator. He drafted Larry Bird in 1978, sixth overall before he was even, and at that time, that's how the rules were, right? 
they got him a year early because they knew he knew what was there and everyone else was all the owners were basically like Jack Kent Cook in terms of knowledge of what was going on. So he had a leg up on him. But though that trade becomes less significant, at least in the era of basketball, if Worthy doesn't make that turnover. It's one mother flipping turnover that kept the Lakers from winning six championships, going 3-0 and that decade, Magic going 3-0 and against Bird, 4-0 against Bird, actually, if you count the, the, the NCAA championship, well, technically five if you count count his executive in 2002 while he was coaching. I mean, I mean, it's it 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 it's just I. This is the part that just burns. It just burns, and it didn't have to happen. It didn't. It didn't have to happen, and it just that beginning part of the show. It just keeps festering, and you know it's coming. You're going to have to eat it. Yeah, they came back in 85, right? That's always the response. Well, we got them back in 85, and we got them back in 87. And I've always said it doesn't effing matter what happened in 85 and 87. What matters is we should have won in 84. We should have won in 04. We should have won in 08. You want to say that we didn't have a chance against my, a, a, a determined Michael in 91? I'll buy that one. You want to say that 89 was the Pistons year? I'll buy that one. You want to say 83, Philly, they had the perfect team at the perfect time? Fine. But the Lakers should have won in 84. They should have won it, and it changes so much damn things if they win that series. We're not just talking about Michael Jordan anymore uh, being the greatest. Magic is in there and you couldn't get him out of that table, that same table. Think about it for a second, just think about it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, It's the Lakers Fast Break. We're talking winning time. Season 2, Episode 1 has already dropped on the Max channel. Hopefully you get a chance to see it if you haven't already. Again, if you're a big fan of the Los Angeles Lakers and uh, dramatized version of those days in the 80s right now, go ahead and check it out uh, because it does get a little bit creative with some of the things went on. But some of it is based off of fact and stays within that. One of the things, though, that gets a little bit creative is a game of Monopoly between the Bus family, or most of the Bus family. There is, uh, even though they, you know, they didn't know too much about Lee, who they gave up for adoption, uh, and you know, wasn't it could not have been there. They still had three of the four siblings for the Buses. Janie was not represented on the show, their magic, which I thought was a little bit of an oversight. But okay, I get it for playing Monopoly, whatever. But the thing is, is that Dr. Jerry Buss lambastes his boys for not being cutthroat enough when the opportunity arose, seeing how they should be doing 
just that, whether it's Monopoly or in real life. Your thoughts on this, my friend, because they were all given opportunities with to own sports franchises to varying levels of success later on as the things plan, planned itself out, which I'm sure they will cover into some detail on the show. But your thoughts on the bus fam- family dynamic on this show as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, Gerald, you know, I understand that uh, a lot of it's fiction. Some of it is uh, from uh, the great Jeff Perlman and his, uh, his uh, journalistic, uh, POV into the the Lakers uh, family dynamic. Who I actually had an interview with on more than one occasion. So check out my two interviews with Jeff Perlman in the archives. He was a great interview and I truly uh, thought that was very enjoyable having him on the show just before this series aired, I think. Started airing, yes. Uh, and you know, Gerald, uh, you know, it's it's a man's world, right? And that that's what jo- uh, Dr. Buss was trying to uh, impose on his his boys there that uh, business is cutthroat. You can't be uh, friendly with everybody, especially if you want to get ahead. Like there's there's, and it it just seems like he like the show portrayed him as being a little frustrated that they didn't have a killer instinct. Well, I'll tell you what though, it's just it was very interesting to see how that dynamic played out on screen. Also playing out on screen was the evolution of Magic Johnson from a player who was riding high off of doing so well in his first NBA Finals, Joe, to reaping the rewards and success, as it were, throughout the episode. And I mean throughout the episode. But unfortunately, near the end of the episode, my friend, you, they do chronicle the knee injury, which at one time he thought was going to be serious, serious enough to derail his career. Your thoughts on Magic Johnson and how they're portraying him on the show? Magic has, the real Magic has said that it's, he's, he's, he's hinted that it's a little embellished, but he hasn't really denied the way Jerry denied, right? But Jerry denying is more of, Jerry being Jerry, right? Just being emotional. Um, Magic Johnson is is Magic Johnson is a beacon of light that I don't think we. Re- I mean, I, I just it's hard to not like Magic Johnson, even when he screws up. <laughs> He's just a a bright light. He is a flame that doesn't go out. And it's a it's a happy flame. It's a happy light. And he wants to help people. He wants to be liked by everyone. He wants to like everyone. He wants to accept everyone. The guy is the epitome of just a worldly person. And making bad decisions in a, in that situation was the part I liked is his his brain trust his business brain trust was trying to create, and I don't know if this happened in real life. I wouldn't be surprised if it did because people are scumbags. And I say scumbag in a, that's an understatement. And I like how his parents brought him back and said, is this what you want? You want your, 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 your blood out there and you, you, you're not doing anything. So in the end, he takes care of what he's supposed to take care of, even though it was a, mistake which is what magic would do no doubt 
That's what magic does. Magic doesn't run away from things, right? Even though he was getting all this pressure. So that was a good part. That was a good part. That was a realistic part in my book. For sure, that's pretty close to probably what happened. And I love how his dad told that guy to go eat it in so many words. As far as the uh, Dr. Buss telling his sons that they were nothing, it's not that far off the truth. And we can look at reasons why some sons aren't motivated. Uh, there isn't one or two or three ways of it. It's, it's, some of it is hereditary, some of it is upbringing, situational. Uh, because you look at somebody like Kobe Bryant, let's say Kobe Bryant came from a family that had the means, had the ability to be in different cultures and learn and be worldly and not be ignorant, right? He had all the advantage of being a spoiled, do-nothing person because his father was a professional athlete who made money, was able to move his family to places and whatever. If, yet, if, if I'm not mistaken, in or uh, he he's he had an instinct early on that Johnny wasn't cut out for this. He he was a little more iffy on Jim, but according to the biography, he was pretty sure that Johnny was a playboy. The the first the fir the first thing, see the thing is Johnny being a playboy, I mean Jerry Buss was a playboy, but he handled his business still. He's got a PhD though. He's got a you're a playboy with a PhD. I don't think Dr. Yeah, I don't think Dr. Buss gets enough credit for being a genius. The guy was a very smart man. He had the calculator on the table, right? Not for him, for you, right? Because he could calculate everything in his head. But the killer instinct, it, it, it's, I believe, is inherent. The killer instinct is inherent. And then what happens is, I think what happens is, there's an instance, whether it's when you're young or when you've had worldly experience or whatever, something clicks. And if it clicks... That's when it takes off. If it doesn't click, there's a chance you might not ever tap into it. And it de depends on circumstance, whether it's your, your family putting the pressure on, whether it's a sport or work or anything like that. You find, you know, like my brother-in-law, I use him as an exa example of this. He went to college for something and discovered in college, you know what? I want to go after the money. I want to be in the finance world. I don't want to go get a art degree and he 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 went relentlessly into that world and he's been successful in it he didn't know right he didn't know until he got to college he wanted to be an art major because his family were always involved with designing clothes or drawing or whatever but he discovered his killer instinct was in i want to do this and that sometimes happens and as far as johnny bus Jim Buss, we've had a chance to see those guys in some way being Laker fans and they don't have the killer instinct. They just don't. And I don't know necessarily if it's anything other than it's just kind of how things played out. And Jeannie, uh, they try to hype up that Jeannie is Dr. Buss. I don't believe that is the case either. I believe Jeannie Buss just enjoyed what she was doing and she put the work in but I don't think she had any of the killer instinct that her father had or any of the other guys.
that had killer instinct. It's just she was a she was in a a man's world and she came out of it. I I always say it's kind of like a nice version of Cher and Madonna. Um, Madonna and Cher put their foot down in in the man's world and said, "You're going to listen to what I say." because that's what I said. And they were able to control their careers doing that. And if you want to play with the, with the sharks, you're going to have to turn into a shark. Problem is most don't most end up hitting a wall. Most end up blaming things and doing that. They don't go through. They don't just kill the other shark. And Jeannie, the, the, the stuff that's put me off with Jeannie is the fact that she's connected with, players and coaches you know I'm, I'm not a big fan of coercing with 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 co-workers like that I think there's a conflict of interest there and I think it's kind of unprofessional but with that the the show is just building up to something here where we're gonna we're gonna see the result of the 80s and and then what was the greatest competitive era of basketball it's what birthed the NBA game to the world and then want to see who's going to end up playing Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting one because their casting has been phenomenal. Can't wait for that. Looking forward to it, especially when it gets to hopefully later season. But we'll see. It's all dependent on if you, the viewer out there, continues to watch Winning Time. So far, it's been a pretty good watch. Hopefully, you'll continue to watch and enjoy it. But please share us your thoughts when you get a chance to see it right here or below on social media or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show. We could go ahead and correlate that on the air right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we go, guys, wanted to go ahead and talk about the incessant rumors because there's nothing else to talk about in Lakerland today until Austin Reeves performs today. So, my God, they're just going to rehash the same rumors that we've heard the week before. The week before, the week before, oh, and by the way, the week before in regards to Christian Wood. So, Sean, your thoughts on the all these entities out there, especially on Twitter, which Laker Tom has now firmly dove just headfirst into, and he's all part of this as well, as far as everybody just going ahead and just talking about these incessant rumors, which still are rumors, which have been rumors which continue to be rumors about Christian Wood. Yes, Gerald, and the new rumor is that uh, uh, he will not, he will most likely not be acquired in any kind of sign-and-trade with any team. It'll likely yeah. be just an outright signing for the veterans minimum or something a little above that. And if he does decide to take a little bit above the veteran minimum to play for, I don't know, Orlando, Chicago, New Orleans. We haven't been talking about wood. <laughs> I know I haven't. I don't know. And search, we tried to stay away Dude, from Dude, that it. there's something there's something bad over there. Whatever he did, that no one's touching that guy. So you know, I just well, you read that, you read you read what what Sports Illustrated said. There was I'm actually, not reading that. I'm not giving it was actually, a click. No. It was actually a source that said if if Christian Wood comes into uh, the locker room and LeBron James is able to uh, to get him in line, that would make him the greatest player of all time. Who the hell because, is Christian Wood for? Because for the, well, 
Joe, to be fair, Glorious Bastards is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mine too. Okay, so when when the butcher is sitting at the table with the Frenchman, and he says, "What have you heard about me? Only rumors." I love rumors. See, and what he says next needs to be remembered by everybody. Rumors, true or false, are misleading, but rumors are often revealing. So the very fact that this rumor is out there about Wood, about how he is a serious problem, that's probably not far from the truth. Again, you know, a a lot of these guys want to see each other do well. See, when somebody gets a big contract in the NBA, normally that means the next guy is in line. And they all root for each other. But it's hard for to root for somebody who keeps self-sabotaging themselves. And that's why this guy does. He self-sabotaged Gerald's gun over it. He self-sabotaged himself in high school. He self-sabotaged himself uh, with the UNLV Red Rebels. He's sacri- done it with Detroit, Milwaukee, New Orleans. God, like almost half of the teams in the NBA... If he doesn't want to sign the vet men, see you later. No big loss. If he if he wants to sign it, that's great. Brings a little bit more balance to the offense, and that means that he's probably going to be on his on his best behavior too, Gerald. Because if he's not, he's getting the boot. To show you how bad it is, we've lost two thirds of our audience based off of Christian Wood talk here in the past five minutes. So that shows you how much interest it's there is. From Lakers fans out there, so I th- it was there before we started talking about Christian Wood. No, it was in the double digits. Now it it's no was. longer the case. Yeah, it was. So I will just say this though: again, Christian Wood, the rumors. It is what it is. I'm just tired of it. I just tired of it. I'm trying to avoid it. I know Laker Tom and, and Jamie Sweet love to talk about it, and they were still talking about it this weekend at Lakerholic Spotlight. That's great for them. I just again for us here. It's almost a joke at this point. And I think that's the best way you can say it. It's at this point. Either he signs and commits to something or just be done with it and move on. Because I just at this point, I just it's like if the Lakers have most likely offered him something and he's turned it down, then I don't know what he's waiting for because he ain't gonna get it at this point. It's just as simple as that. So well, I think we're just all tired of it. You just take the deal, what's in front of you, and go from there. I think more important than anything is the the Lakers season needs to come so we can get the ball rolling. Absolutely. Indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you being out there. Whoever's left. I know, like again, like I said, talking about Christian Wood seemed to drive our audience away, which tells you how frustrated and tired they are of hearing about Christian Wood. But before we go on out, guys, I want to give you a heads up on what's going on. What I have scheduled we don't have, uh, if our guests for some reason don't make it, we're going to go ahead and still provide you some great Lakers fast break programming. But I got Matt Moderno scheduled for tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. On Wednesday, I've got the uh, actually Magic Man set up Wes Morton from Peachtree Hoops. That's coming to you at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. And on Thursday, I've got Jennifer Matthew Lewis. Talking about Charlotte Hornets, she returns. She was a great conversation last year. Looking forward to what she thinks this year about the Charlotte Hornets. 
And that's going to be on Thursday at 5 p.m. So looking forward to that as well. But guys, uh, great win by Team USA. I'm still on the fence on exactly how well they'll do because, again, these games really don't prove anything or showcase anything really about what's going on with Team USA except the fact that they couldn't hit a three to save their life. Uh, Any last thoughts, Sean? I'll go with you first, and then, Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out? Yeah, Gerald, I'm glad that uh, Austin Reeves played well in the first half and uh, was able to walk out of the arena without the help of somebody else, crutches, a wheelchair, any of the above, that he was fine, healthy, and that's what I was uh, most happy about. Joe, uh, again, right now we're stretching for content as best we can. I think we're doing it better than anyone out there. I think everybody else is just like retreading on retreading stuff on for the 15th and 16th time. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, I guess just bring home the gold. They better. We'll continue to watch it. We'll put it on playback. We'll try to keep the content coming. Uh, but this is the dog days of basketball. And... We got we to gotta just continue to do what we need to do. <laughs> Austin Reeves did have the biggest ovation of all the players. But, you know, Kurt, it's all because of the fact that, you know, Las Vegas is Los Angeles by proxy. So many Lakers fans are out here in Las Vegas, including myself. So it's, it's no doubt that he's going to get the biggest ovation. And if he gets the biggest ovation in Spain, that's going to be something different indeed. But. We'll go ahead and talk about that if that happens right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But right now, we're going to go ahead and say to you out there in the chat, the world's best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers Fast Break chat, we thank you very much for watching and listening. Again, tomorrow, we got more NBA team previews on the way. Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast. I think he's on a lot with Gilbert Arenas. He's on talking a whole bunch of stuff with the Washington Wizards. I know he does a lot of written work as well on the team. He covers them quite closely. He's going to be talking about a team and rebuilding in regards to the Washington Wizards and what their future will be like, whether or not Kuzma will get traded. How will Jordan Poole handle his time away from the Golden State Warriors? And we'll talk about all that good stuff and where they fit for their future going forward now that they're looking like they're finally doing a rebuild. Plus, I'll ask his opinion on the Lakers as well. So there you go. No, I disagree, Joe. I disagree. Las Vegas is good for plenty of things, including the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. One thumbs up right here. That's all that matters. Oh, he's not even on the screen. He's not even on the screen. Your numbers, your numbers might go up if I'm off the. You street. don't have the. You don't have the. No, button. they want you to rant. That'll get the numbers up. Always. I don't know. We I lost the. Subs- we lost a half our audience and our subscribers. No, were- we gained a couple people back. Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we stopped talking about Kristen Wood. There you go. But for plus, we, so- plus we'll get to dump on the Clippers a little bit, Gerald. That's always pleasant. Yes, that's always pleasant indeed. But. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching. It's truly appreciated. It is Joe Soro, Magic Man, Chuck Rice, and me, Gerald Glassford. We'll be back tomorrow with an NBA team preview of the Washington Wizards talking to Matt Moderno. Hopefully, if everything goes through. If not, you know we'll be talking Los Angeles Lakers. Hopefully not Christian Wood, unless he actually signs something tangible, which I don't think will happen, but we'll wait and see. But it is the Los Angeles Lakers. 
We're going to go ahead and talk all about them. Keep on going. We're going to provide you with more great content. It's on the way from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast